0: What's up everybody, Tara Wellman here, back with another series preview as the Cardinals head into the second series of the season. Coming out of New York, they probably are pretty disappointed with the way a number of things went opening weekend, but the beauty of baseball is that it keeps right on rolling, and this time they're rolling right into Milwaukee for the Brewers' home opener. And it's also the first look we'll get at these two NL Central rivals. Now the Brewers are coming off of a season that was in many ways more successful than most people expected, and yet they're not satisfied because they did fall just shy of making it to the postseason. So with their eyes on that prize, they made some key off-season additions, but there are still some questions to be answered, and to attempt to answer them, I'm happy to bring to Birdseeds Kyle Loebner, who writes about the Brewers at Frosty Mug, and is also a Midwest League baseball connoisseur, which, you know, is near and dear to my heart. So, everyone, please welcome Kyle Loebner. Alright, Kyle, before we get to the baseball that's happening between the Cardinals and the Brewers this week, I want to go back a little bit. The Brewers came off of a season last year where there were a lot of things that went really right, Um, kind of fell short of the ultimate goal of making the postseason. But what did you take away from that run last season and how they came into the 2018 season?
1: Well, I think there's a lot to take away that was positive from a year ago. This is not a Brewer team that was expected to be a contender last year. This is not a Brewer team that was expected to be even approaching 500 a year ago. Um, And they did, as you mentioned, have a year where a lot of things went right. Um, They got a huge year from Travis Shaw. Um, who was a guy that I don't think they were expecting that much from. Um, They got huge steps forward from their pitching staff. Um, Derek Johnson, their pitching coach, I think is credited with getting a lot out of guys like Chase Anderson and Zach Davies. Um, Chase Anderson came an injury away from not making the opening day roster last year. Went on to have such a great season. He's the Brewers opening day starter this year. So I think, you know, the Brewers had a lot go right um, coming into last year, and now they have something to prove to show that this was an adjustment and not necessarily just kind of a blip on the race.
0: And that's sort of been the process for the Brewers the last couple of years, really trying to put themselves back in the NL Central race. What did you see this spring as far as what progress has been made? Obviously, they added some big names to the roster, and we'll get to them in a minute. But what did you see this spring that sort of has you feeling like they are, in fact, on the right track?
1: Well, there's a lot of organizational depth here. And I think, you know, one of the challenges Brewer fans have had over the last few weeks is trying to figure out what to make of a really good spring. Um, this is a Brewer team that had the best record in the Cactus League, and there's a question of whether or not that means anything. But one of the things that led to that is that this is a Brewer team that, you know, kind of across the organization at the major league level, triple A, double A. And a lot of guys you see in the late innings of spring games has a lot of organizational depth. Um, They have guys to bring in in spots like that that are better than the competition. And so I think that bodes well for a team that doesn't have a ton of established stars. Um, There's an opportunity here to mix and match. There's reason to believe there are eight or nine starting pitchers on this in this organization that could be really good for this team this year. Um, and so there's an opportunity there to um, try to find something that will work over the course of the year to mix and match a little bit and see if it fits together. And I think this, they're in a good position to do that.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals seemed to show off some organizational depth this spring as well. And in the first couple of days of the season, they're already playing sort of musical pitchers. And no one can quite figure out what their game plan is with the depth that does seem to be there. So hopefully those things sort of work themselves out over the course of a season, but it is nice to know that you have that depth. And sometimes, uh, I think the great thing about spring is that that's a a little bit surprising. Was there someone specifically this spring for the brewers that stood out and as much as you can take from spring training results made you kind of take notice a little more than you, than before?
1: Well, the Brewers had a guy go all the way from being, you know, kind of an afterthought to a member of the opening day roster in G Man Choi, um who had just a huge spring this year. Um came in as a guy with virtually zero chance of making the roster. Um, had a a really great spring, did everything they could have asked of him. They really liked what he brought to the clubhouse and put himself all the way on the opening day roster. Now, unfortunately, carrying four first basemen um, through the opening weekend didn't prove to be something the Brewers could do. Um, And they sent him back down. But there's been a a handful of guys like that. You know, I I think in terms of relievers, um, the Brewers got a really great spring from Jeremy Jeffress, who is a guy who has been really great in Milwaukee over the course of his career and not so great everywhere else. Um, so to see him get that opportunity to bounce back and really contribute in Milwaukee uh, was a big thing, I think, for the organization. Um, across the there are a lot of guys who had really nice springs. Um, and so, you know, we saw right away on opening day, uh, Corey Knable blew a save on opening day, and the Brewers were able to keep themselves in the game because they had the bullpen depth to pitch through several innings. And they showed it again, you know, on Friday night um, when they were able to keep themselves in a the game with a long outing from Brandon Woodruff.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that bullpen depth, because I threw it out there on Twitter that we were going to be doing a Brewers preview, and that's what people wanted to know about. They wanted to know about Woodruff, they wanted to know about Hayter, and the way that these guys fit into sort of the plan for the Brewers, because as happens with most really talented pitchers in the minor leagues, they start as starters, and a lot of them end up in bullpen roles. How good are these two guys in particular, and do you see them staying in those bullpen roles as they continue their major league careers?
1: Well, for Brandon Woodruff specifically, he's in a bullpen role for a few more days. Um, he is going to be the Brewers' fifth starter. Um, he is not going to, to be in the bullpen You know, once the Brewers need a fifth starter. They get through about the first eight days of the season before that happens, but then we'll see him move into the rotation Hater is a much more interesting problem um, in that because of the way he's been used um, and because of some of the... the he's had in the past, never thrown more than about 100 innings in a professional season. Um, When the Brewers moved him to the bullpen a year ago at this time, um, they had been going really light on him in the spring. He had been pitching short outings as as a starter. Then they moved him to the bullpen. He threw about 90 innings last year. And so there's an interesting question here about whether or not he could be a really great starting pitcher. And I think there's a strong chance that he could. But the process of getting him to that point would be really difficult. Because if the Brewers were to decide right now that Josh Hader is a starter, the limit for what he could throw this year is probably 130 innings, maybe 140 at most. Um, And for a Brewer team that's hoping to contend, having a starter that you have to shut in mid-August probably wouldn't be a good thing. Um, So for as long as the Brewers are trying to contend and aren't in a position to experiment with things, they're going to need to keep Hader in the bullpen, where he's a very valuable piece. Um, can get lefties out you know, very well, but is also good against righties, um, has the potential to be very dominant in that role. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit more on the table. And because the Brewers decided to go for it a year ago and put him in the Bigley bullpen, they may have left it there kind of indefinitely.
0: The Cardinals did basically the same thing with Carlos Martinez when he first came up. And he was an invaluable piece at the back end of their bullpen. And there was sort of that same conversation about man, he's actually really good in this role. What can right. we do to continue to utilize that strength? But well, he still really should project as a starting pitcher. So that's a, that's a tough uh, sort of transition to make, I think, especially for a fan base that, uh, that wants the best out of these pitchers um, but maybe doesn't have the same long-term plan in mind as, uh, as a front office or as a, a managerial staff.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, for every organization that kind of turns a corner the way the Brewers have um, and builds from within, you have to face this question with several guys. Of, this guy could be really great in this role now, um, but his best use in the long term is probably a different role. And how do you manage the, the gap between the two? Um, the Brewers decided to go for it right with Hater. Um, they have decided with some other pitchers to wait and let them stretch out and wait for an opportunity to come up. Um, you know, Brandon Woodruff is a guy they have kept in the rotation despite the fact that they probably could have used him in a full-time bullpen role at times over the last couple of years. And so, yeah, I think you know this is a great problem to have because it means you're trying to actually balance winning now with something else. And across baseball, there's not a lot of teams that are trying to win right now. So as a fan base, I think Brewer fans are relatively lucky to be in the conversation.
0: The Cardinals are also sort of playing that game with their big superstar in the making, Reyes, who has been on the DL, was just moved to the 60-day, and a lot of people sort of panicked, thinking, okay, he's coming off of this surgery, was there a setback? But it does seem that this is more of a long-term move in that, now that they have solidified that bullpen, at least until they make a few more pitching changes in the next few days, uh, they have... Holland to come in and be the closer. They have Leon. They have Lyons. They have a really solid core group of guys in the bullpen. Now they aren't likely to need Reyes to come in and fill innings out of the bullpen, so they can just let him take his time, stretch out as a starter, and then use him down the stretch. In theory, if they're making a, a run into the postseason, and again, it's that it's that same conversation where you see this tremendous value that he can bring to the table, but what do you want Alex Reyes to be? Do you want him to be the guy that comes in and turns into a bullpen piece? Or do you want him to try to maximize that potential and be a one or a two starter for years to come? So the Cardinals also sort of trying to figure out the right way to play that game. And it seems that they've come to some sort of conclusion as far as Reyes is concerned, hoping to slot him into the starting rotation at some point. Now, the Brewers starting rotation... Obviously took a hit with Nelson being injured last year. How is that all sort of stacked up in trying to fill in those innings? They didn't go out and get a Darvish or an Arietta or even a Lance Lynn that could have eaten up some of those innings. So do you feel like they made enough changes to carry this team through a deep run?
1: I don't think the starting rotation is at any point going to be the strength of this team, but I think this group they have right now is probably good enough with the offense they project to put forward. Um, Chase Anderson had a really good start on opening day. He's coming off a career year a year ago. Um, Zach Davies, who will pitch on Monday, um, is coming off a really nice season. The Brewers really think that they may have something in Tulis Chassin, um, who is a, a guy with a very good slider Um, A guy that they are optimistic they can bring in and put into kind of the system they've developed with Derek Johnson and hopefully get better results um, out of him going forward. And then beyond that, there's a big group of depth. Um, and so there's an opportunity to, you know, try out some guys and mix and match and see what works and what doesn't. Um, Wade Miley is a guy who came into camp as a reclamation project this spring. Um, you know, seemed like a long shot to make the rotation, then pitched his way all the way onto the roster. Was probably the Brewers' best pitcher this spring, and then had a groin injury, um, and and is probably not going to be ready until the end of April. Uh, but has an opportunity to be a guy that fits into this rotation. Brent Suter is a guy who has been effective in that role in the past. Brandon Woodruff, as we talked about already, is a longtime top prospect in the organization. And even if none of those guys work out, Junior Guerra, last year's opening day starter, is down at AAA, and several of the Brewers' top pitching prospects are at the AA or AAA level as well. So, you know, if you were to ask what I think of this group of five that the Brewers have right now and their opportunity to get through a season with that, I'm not sold. But I think the opportunity is there um, to try out some guys and to find something that works. A year ago at this time, Tommy Malone started the sixth game of the season for the Brewers um, after Junior Guerra got hurt. This is a Brewer team right now that probably has nine starters that are a better candidate than Tommy Malone. And so I think given that, um, the floor for this rotation is relatively high.
0: So they didn't necessarily make big changes to the rotation, but they did make big changes as far as the look of the outfield, obviously bringing in Jelic and Kane. When you found out that the Brewers had made those moves, Mm -hmm. what did that do for maybe a Brewers fan base that, again, saw last year as a success but not quite enough, and then you go out and make two big moves for two of the biggest names that were available this offseason um, and and really change the look of that outfield.
1: Yeah, I think um, in terms of a public relations perspective, the two big moves from this winter came at the perfect time. Uh, the Brewers made the Kane signing and the Yelich trade within about three hours of each other, about three days before Brewers on deck, um, before they brought all the fans in for the, the big event to get ready for the season. Um, they were able to introduce those guys right away. Um, and I think almost immediately when those two moves happened, there was a feeling that okay, there must be something else coming. The Brewers wouldn't have painted themselves into this corner of having seven outfielders and no plan to resolve that, and that didn't turn out to be true. Um, they they came into spring training with all those guys, and they came into opening day with all of those guys, and they're you know now they have four first basemen because they moved Ryan Braun at least temporarily. And so, yeah, there's there's a, a bit of a—I mean, there's a lot of excitement around this Brewer team. But there's also, I think, among at least a portion of the fan base, a bit of frustration that— the Brewers decided to go this route, um, improve an outfield that was really already one of the strengths of last year's team, um, without a clear plan for how to address any of the other challenges around this team. Now, they are saying all the right things at this point about being able to find everybody playing time um, through a few days at least. We haven't heard anybody you know get really upset about their role or anything like that, but for as long as they have a big collection of guys who need at bats and really only four spots to get them into the lineups most of the day. Uh, it's going to be a challenge to keep them fresh and it's going to be a challenge to keep them effective.
0: That is also a challenge that the Cardinals are uniquely familiar with as they've had a, a bit of a log jam in the outfield for the last several seasons. Similarly, the last year of Matt Holliday's contract with the Cardinals, there was talk about him moving to first base to sort of free right. up one of those outfield positions it didn't really happen as much as they talked about it happening, but as far as the Brewers are concerned, they have, in fact, made a conscious effort to let Ryan Braun play at first base. We saw it on opening opening day. We saw it opening weekend. Is Ryan Braun at first base a, a real solution to this outfield scenario?
1: Um, in the short term, yes. And I think we've probably seen... Let me back up a step. I've been downplaying the possibility that Ryan Braun will be a full-time first baseman for about three months now, um, and so I'm going to continue to do that. I still think that we're not going to see Braun at first base as much as we saw him the season's first weekend. It happened that the Padres started back-to-back lefties on Thursday and Friday. Um, that's the scenario where you're going to see it, and so you know it, it happened a couple times right away. But yeah, there's a very real challenge here, because Domingo Santana is a bat that belongs in the lineup most days. Um, The Brewers spent an awful lot on Kane and Yelich, and so they're they're not going to um, take those guys out of the lineup any more often than they have to. And in the meantime, there's a real question about what they have with Eric Thames, who is a guy who had a really hot start to the year a year ago, um, but did not um, maintain it through the end of the season, um, came to camp ready to compete, and now is seeing his playing time diminish. And so, yeah, there's there's certainly an effort here to improve flexibility to try to make sure that they can get the best available nine in the lineup every day. Um, but there are going to be some pretty good hitters on the bench for this team every day. Um, and it could be a challenge in terms of keeping these guys sharp and keeping them happy.
0: You mentioned the offense that this team is capable of. Obviously, this sure. team hit a lot of home runs last year. Right. I also struck out a lot last year, which tend to go hand in hand. But how much was how much was that a part of the conversation this offseason as you talked about or saw what the organization was doing in trying to sort of take that next step to being one of the best teams in the National League to sort of balance that out a little bit, create the offense in ways that don't necessarily result in <laughs> major league record strikeouts for the season.
1: Yeah, I think it would be hard to pick out two players with a more different offensive game than Keon Broxton, who was the Brewers' center fielder a year ago, and Lorenzo Cain, who projects to play out there most days now. Uh, Broxton was very all-or-nothing, especially last season. He hits the ball very hard when he makes contact. Um, he doesn't make contact a lot. Um, he was a 20-20 a guy for the Brewers last year, but he's not... Um, A guy that they were comfortable with in the middle of their lineup because of the the strikeout challenges. And his defense took a bit of a step back last year. And so when you bring in a guy like Kane, I think certainly, um, and when you lump Yelich into that conversation as well, you're talking about guys who are willing to take a walk. You're talking about guys who make good contact. Um, This is a Brewer team that was below average and on-base percentage a year ago. Um, They were one of the best teams in baseball and on-base percentage this spring. Um, and, and so, and I think, you know, given the hot start that can yell out to and spring to that. So And can get off to a hot start his first couple days as a Brewer now during the regular season as well. And so I I think that's some of the hope, that this is a Brewer team that is not completely reliant on the home run. Um, I think going out to San Diego and playing well the first couple of days, um, this is an environment where last year's team would have struggled. Because with a collection of big swings and hoping for the long ball and the marine layer in San Diego, it's not going to happen frequently. We saw a lot of long drives caught on the warning track this weekend. Um, And so, yeah, I I think there's definitely a concerted effort here to get a little more balanced, um, to get a little better at getting on base, um, and to hope that that turns into some more sustained success.
0: Okay, so opening day in Milwaukee. Uh, Yes. You might know this, but opening day in St. Louis is kind of a big deal. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) What is opening day like in Milwaukee for the Brewers, especially coming into a season where there does seem to be a lot of excitement?
1: Well, regardless of how good the Brewers are, opening day in Milwaukee is always quite the event. Um, the parking lot's open early. There's a lot of tailgating. There's a lot of folks there. There's a lot of folks there who do not attend a single game the rest of the year, but they are there day drinking before opening day. Um, and it's a it's a great opportunity to kind of bring back some of the, the things that are, you know, faces of summer in Milwaukee, to, to get Bob Euchre back on the radio um, and, and some of the things that come with that Um On day two, I think it all comes back into perspective a little bit, and folks remember that it was just one day, and there's a long season ahead, but certainly um, that first day when Miller Park opens for the year is a welcome event.
0: So when the Cardinals do get to Miller Park, it'll be Miles Michaelis coming off of uh, time in Japan, making his... reintroduction to Major League Baseball uh, this season for the Cardinals. He'll be taking on Zach Davies in that first game. Then it's Jack Flaherty making his Major League debut in Game 2, which will be, I believe, Chase Anderson for the Brewers in that game. And then it should be Carlos Martinez uh, and Yuli Chassin, who you mentioned earlier seems to be a guy that the Brewers are building confidence in as far as what he can bring to this team. So Mm -hmm. those are the three matchups. From a Cardinals perspective, these are three of the starting pitchers that at this point really need to make a statement for the Cardinals. Obviously Jack Flaherty pitching in place of an injured Adam Wainwright likely won't get too many starts before Wainwright returns, but he's kind of one of the stars of the future. So this is a great opportunity to see him against a division rival and, and really get a feel for what he, where he is and, and where maybe some of that development needs to continue. Um, but for Michaelis and Martinez, for the Cardinals, these are both guys that the Cardinals really need to be good this year um michaelis because he was the addition to this rotation after they lost lance lynn um not necessarily the big name that a lot of people wanted to see and then martinez because he's supposed to be the number one on this staff and he struggled opening day in his uh debut this season when you look at these matchups for the brewers what do you want to see out of these guys in that first series at home
1: Well, I think um, Zach Davies is a really interesting situation for this Brewer team right now. He's a guy who pitched a lot of innings a year ago, but he's also a guy who got off to a really rough start Um, by kind of the traditional stats. um, One of the the numbers I was keeping track of last year, all the way through July, there was a chance that Zach Davies would be a 20 game winner with an ERA over five, um, which is a a really odd combination. He really struggled out of the gate a year ago. He really struggled in the early innings. Um, And so right away with the home opener. Um, The Brewers put Zach Davies on the the big stage under the bright lights um, with a question mark in his first inning. And so if things go south for Davies, they can go south really quickly. And so I think once the Brewers get past that, there will be a sigh of relief for sure. Um, Chase Anderson, you know, got off to a great start on opening day. Um, He's coming back on normal rest because the Brewers are skipping a guy with the off day. They're going with the four-man rotation in the short term. And so um, hopefully there's no after effects from him bouncing his face off home plate in an awkward slide on Thursday. And yeah, I I think Anderson has a chance to continue a really hot start. He also got off to a hot start a year ago. So kind of the opposite of Davies' situation where Anderson is a guy the Brewers know can be effective right out of the gate in the season. And then Hulus Chassin had a a rough outing uh, Friday night. He struggled with control a little bit. Um, That's been a a thing that's been an issue for him in the past. Um, Hopefully getting in front of the home crowd gives him an opportunity to right the ship a little bit. And maybe come Wednesday the Brewers are looking for the sweep.
0: Well, I certainly hope not. But (laughs) best of luck to all of them. And as I mentioned to uh, my my Mets compatriot on the preview last week, uh, to good health we can at least agree Mm -hmm. on (laughs) Mm -hmm. well Kyle thanks so much for giving us a little bit more info I know that these two teams see a lot of each other um, but it's also really easy to just sort of not pay attention in hopes that you don't have to consider the uh, the rivalry too much but the NL Central is going to be fun this year I think it's going to be uh, an interesting ride to say the least (laughs)
1: Yeah, for Brewers fans, this is going to be a really interesting next ten days, seeing the Cardinals twice and the Cubs in the middle. Um, the Brewers are going to know a lot more about what this race is going to look like in the NL Central uh, two weeks from now than they do right now.
0: Well, it is just the first week, but definitely a lot of information to be gathered in uh, right. in the next couple of series. So, thanks again for your time, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you n- next week. Sounds good. Take care. Well, like Kyle said, it's really a big series for both teams because the NL Central is going to be quite a ride and to get things off on the right foot is going to be important, but also just to sort of familiarize yourself with these opponents that you're going to see well, often over the course of the season, but also over the course of this first month. So some things went wrong for the Cardinals in their first series. There's no time like the present, especially against one of your division rivals, to turn things around. We'll see what happens, and I'll see you next time.